Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets syllabus faith. Thank you for taking the time to tune into the series I'm covering entitled the Syllabus for Life's Course. If you haven't already, feel free to listen to the previous episodes in this series to catch up. And you can listen to any other series I've covered on the Aim Towards the Target podcast. I'm jumping right on in targeting the motivational aim, Syllabus Faith. Quick recap. A syllabus is a guide. You've heard me say this in the previous episodes. A syllabus serves as a guide. When a person is in an academic learning setting or any learning setting where instruction is administered, students under the leadership of that instructor receive a syllabus or they should be able to locate a syllabus for sure. The syllabus breaks down what the student must do in order to pass the course. Okay, we have that. We know that. If you need some more information about what a syllabus is, feel free to go to episode one, two, three, and so forth. We know what a syllabus is. We understand that. What I've been doing throughout this series is showing or illustrating the similarities between the academic learning environment, the classroom setting, what that syllabus looks like, and God's syllabus. And God can use any area or place in our life as a classroom. But we are enrolled in the course of life. And within the course of life, we have many courses we need to take in order to progress, advance, develop, and receive what God has for us. Remember, God's syllabus is his word, the Bible, the word of God. That's the instruction manual. That's the syllabus for our life's course. That's the course guide for our life's course. It's our aim to read God's syllabus, read God's word, stick to God's syllabus, and have faith that when we do what God's syllabus requires us to do, then we will receive the results indicated and outlined in that syllabus for our life's course. If we don't do what the syllabus outlines in faith, if we don't do what God's syllabus outlines in faith, then we won't receive what we are believing for. But the first step is walking in faith, believing that what that syllabus says is true. Let me say that again. The first step is walking in faith, believing that what God's word says is true. And we need to trust that what God's word says and what God tells us that it will come into fruition when we put our trust in the one who created the syllabus. Using the academic learning environment, that classroom setting. Okay, this is an example. A student can enroll in school. Let's say they enroll in a course. Whatever this course is, they need this course to achieve their degree, their certificate, their diploma, whatever it may be. The student is in class, okay? The student receives the syllabus from the instructor. The instructor is telling the student, here is the syllabus. I'm going over this syllabus with you. If you want to pass this course, this is what you will have to do. And when you do what is required, you will receive the grade you're working towards. 
if you do the assignments and complete what you need to complete, you'll get the grades that you want if you put in that work. But you have to do what is required in this syllabus. That's what the teacher, the instructor is telling the student. It's up to the student to hear those words from the instructor, read, conceptualize, comprehend, and believe what is written on their syllabus, and then they have to believe that when they do what they're required to do, they will achieve the results they're believing for. Even if it seems impossible, if they're looking at their syllabus like, man, this looks like a lot of work. Am I going to pass this class? Well, let me go ahead and just see what this syllabus is talking about. Follow this syllabus so I can at least achieve what I'm believing for. I'm believing for A. I'm believing for a passing grade. Let me see what I need to do. Now, even if it seems impossible, even if it looks like it won't work out, if the syllabus requires students to study one hour to three hours a day for that particular course, if the syllabus requires the student to complete some tutoring, complete all the assignments, and just do everything outlined in that syllabus, the student needs to do what they need to do if they want to receive what they're believing for, but they have to do it in faith. Even if the student hits challenges in life where they feel defeated, they feel drained and disheartened, but if they get back on track and they stick to that syllabus and they do what they're supposed to do in integrity and they do their best some kind of way, it'll work out for them and they'll achieve the results they're believing for, the results they desire. Even if they hit situations, which they just might, with knucklehead instructors, disrespectful instructors, life's challenges, if they stick to that syllabus, they will achieve what they are working towards. Now, what about the times when someone does everything they're supposed to do they put in the work, and they still fail the course, and they don't pass the course. Does it mean that one's faith was not working? Well, that depends on the person and what they were doing. Remember, the syllabus will separate what people are doing. The syllabus will expose. The syllabus will shed a light on what's going on. The syllabus will do so much. Not only for the student, but for the instructor. So we can't just go by somebody, I failed, I failed. And I did everything I was supposed to do. And I failed. Well, now we have to do an investigation to see what went wrong. Was it the instructor? Are you lying? Did somebody give you some faulty information? We have to figure this out because the syllabus is established. And if people are walking in integrity and things are not turning out in your favor, we have to figure out what it is. That's why you have to look at what people are producing and not go strictly on their words. Because a person can say, oh, I did everything and it's not working out. And you do an investigation, you say, oh, you have not done anything. That's why it's not working out, see? Because someone can have faith 
that all things will work out while they do the very opposite of what is required. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it or you've probably done it where you wanted something or somebody wanted something and they did not do the work for it. And instead of letting people know the truth, of, hey, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. <laughs> That's why everything turned out the way it did. Instead of telling people that, they all, I, I, I just don't understand what's going on because I did everything. And you find out they didn't do anything. People do that at work. I don't understand why the stuff didn't go through. I sent the email. Okay, show me where you sent it. I don't know why it's not coming up. Because you didn't send it. I don't know what's going on. I told you I was coming. I called you. I left the voicemail. I'm going through my phone. I don't see any missed calls. I don't see any voicemails being left. What time did you leave it? Sometime. Well, let me look at your phone. Matter of fact, let's just go to the phone records. We can pull that up right now. Show me where you called me so I can figure out if it's me or you. Oh, you don't got to do all that. Because you didn't, you didn't do all of that. You didn't do all of that which you said you did. You see? But that very person could be saying, I did everything. I, I followed it. What's going on? Mm-mm. When an investigation is carried out, basic questions are asked, and people can't answer basic questions... You get your answer of what's truth and what's a lie. As I just mentioned, you have some people who can say they have faith and all things are going to work out. I'm believing for this. And they could have faith for something, but they're not doing what they need to do. In the academic setting, the faith is being certain that what the syllabus outlines is what it outlines, and the syllabus will produce what is stated it will produce for that student. All right, let me give you three examples, three real-life occurrences, okay? First one, I was working on my master's degree. The course I was enrolled in was the last course I needed before graduation, And this was a summer course. So I was taking a summer course, and I was going to graduate that same summer. So I'm enrolled in a course, and within five to six weeks, I'm about to graduate. And I remember it was so close, and since I went through what I went through in undergrad with that whole graduation fiasco the first time, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I have to graduate for real, for real this time. Because I'm not going through that again. And I want to make sure that I didn't have any mishaps where I had to reapply for graduation and all of that. I didn't want to go through that. When the instructor for that summer course passed out the syllabus, I followed that syllabus because I had already applied for graduation that semester at the same time I was taking the course. And I said, man, I don't need any problems. In that summer course, there was a woman who was graduating that summer also. In the course we were enrolled in, it wasn't an easy course. As time passed, me and the woman in class started chatting, and we discovered that both of us were about to graduate in five to six weeks after the course ended. We both talked about what I just shared with you, 
about how the class is not a joke. This class is not that easy. It's a challenge. Oh, I apply for graduation. I don't have time to fail this course. You did your homework? Okay, I did mine. I went over there too. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. All of that, you know, classroom chit-chat. The first week, the instructor was not playing around with us in that class. He jumped right on in with the topic. He wasn't worried about people not having textbooks. He didn't care about anything you had going on. He passed out the syllabus, told us what we needed to do, told us to follow it. That's it. Well, I was sticking to the syllabus, and so was the woman in the class. But one thing she said every day was, I'm standing in faith and trusting God. And I'm trusting in God's grace and mercy as I go through this class. She said that every class session. If we had a test, she would say something to the effect or tantamount to, Oh, I'm standing in faith and I'm trusting in God's grace and mercy. If I asked her, do you understand this? What he's talking about? Her response was, you got it. Oh, I don't understand right now, but I'm trusting in God. I'm standing in faith. I'm trusting in God's grace and mercy. If someone besides me in class asked her, did you do your homework? She would say, yes, I did my homework. I did it. Oh, I tried my best, but I'm (laughs) I'm standing in faith and trusting in God's grace and mercy. If I asked her, Are you ready for the midterm or final exam? Her response was, yeah, I study, but I'm standing in faith and I'm trusting in God's grace and mercy. And when she would say this, I would laugh. And I wasn't laughing in a way where I was laughing at her. I was laughing because what she was saying is what I was thinking. So every time she said it, I would say, okay. And then I laughed because I was also standing in faith and trusting in God's grace and mercy for that class. But one thing about this woman is she did everything on the syllabus. She followed the syllabus. She stuck to the syllabus. And she briefly discussed a challenge or two she was going through, but she made sure to stick to that syllabus. And she had faith that although she went through her struggles and her challenges and uncertainty, she believed what was on that syllabus. And if she followed the syllabus, the results that she desired would come to fruition in her life. And sure enough, in that class, we studied, we did our homework, we participated in course discussions, we showed up to class, we took tests, we received the test scores, we did our homework assignments, We received feedback from our homework assignments, but every time we completed an assignment, we were passing. Now, sometimes it wasn't the A or B we wanted, but when we received those Bs and C pluses, you heard the woman saying, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Oh, thank you, Lord. And I would respond sometimes, okay, amen, amen, thank you, God, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Okay, fast forward. The woman who always said, I'm standing in faith and trusting in God's grace and mercy before every assignment, after every assignment, all of that. Both of us sat by each other on graduation day that summer, earning our master's degree. And sure enough, (laughs) she was on the side of me as graduation was going on saying, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Oh, it was a struggle. And she would bust out laughing. 
And I responded with, okay, amen, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Then I asked her, so what's next for you? So this graduation day, we're sitting there talking with our caps and gowns on. And I asked her when we were in the ceremony, I said, so what's next for you? And then she responded with, I'm standing in faith and trusting in God's grace and mercy. And we both laughed. And I know she was for real because whether you know it or not or I know it or not, we're standing in faith, trusting in God's grace and mercy for the day. But you see how the woman in my class followed that syllabus? Although she wasn't sure how things would turn out, she walked by faith. She studied by faith. She completed assignments by faith. She came to class by faith. And she wasn't traveling to class down the street. No, this woman was driving around two hours to come to class back and forth. That's what she was doing. She was doing all of this in faith. She was coming to class by faith. She was finishing her coursework by faith. And then she eventually finished out the course by faith. She listened to the instructor by faith. She applied to graduation by faith. And she received what she was believing for, although she didn't see it at the beginning of how everything was going to work out and turn out for her. But one thing she did do is she followed that guide. She followed the person who God put in her life to guide her through that course. She didn't say anything to cancel out what she believed when she wasn't sure how things would turn out. And the outcome was great for her. All right. Second occurrence, second example. This happened when I was in the doctorate program. This was in the early stages in the doctorate program for me. There was a woman who I had a few classes with, and after she did what I'm about to tell you, after the first class, I said, oh, I'm not sitting by her no more. Again. But in one of those courses, the instructor was not playing around. That class was not a game. The professor was not waiting around to see if people had their supplies. Teacher jumped right on in. And what this lady did, who was my classmate, what she would do is when test dates came or rolled around, she would say something to the effect of tantamount to Oh, I know that test is coming up. I know it's going to be a challenge, but I'm standing in faith. I'm walking by faith. So if someone asked her, do you think you'll pass the upcoming test? Her response was, I'm standing in faith, girl. I'm walking in faith. If someone asked her, do you understand the material for this course? Her response was, I'm standing in faith. I'm going to get it. I'm standing in faith. If somebody asked her, did you do the homework? She would say, I'm standing in faith. And when I heard her say that the first couple of times, I was thinking, okay, <laughs> I'm standing in faith too. I'm standing in faith that I passed this course, but time goes by. Do y'all know that this woman did not pass the course? <laughs> she did not pass that class. Not because the course was hard. Not because the course was a challenge, but because this woman didn't do what the syllabus required for her to do. She did not do what the syllabus outlined. Now, I started off telling y'all what she would say. I'm sitting in faith. 
But let me tell you what she would say before she responded with, I'm standing in faith. This is how the conversations went like this. Asking a woman, people, other classmates, how do you think you'll pass this upcoming test? Did you stay? This would be her response. It'd be something similar to this or tantamount to. Do you think you'll pass the test? Oh, girl, that information is just so much. I have a business. I have work. I have a family. And this test, oh, my goodness. I didn't even get to study this much this weekend. But uh, I am standing in faith that I passed the test, though. I'm standing in faith. Somebody else would ask her, do you understand the material for this course? This is her response, something similar to a tantamount to. Oh, the way he teaches, it's just, it's just too different for me. Oh, but, uh, I mean, I have a business. I have two kids. I have to work. So, I didn't do too much studying. So, I'm not really sure. But I guess I'll study on my break tomorrow to see what I could do. And, um, I'm sitting in faith, though. What'd you see? I go. Somebody else would ask her, did you do the homework? This is her response. Something similar to a tantamount to. Yeah, I did what I could, but I'm standing in faith that I passed. I didn't do all the problems, but he going to have to take this, but I'm standing in faith, girl. Oh, I'm standing in faith that I passed this class. See, that woman might have had faith. But she did not do what she was supposed to do. And yes, faith is not in the works one completes. But she canceled out what she said she was believing for and standing in faith for when she said she didn't study. I didn't do my work. Oh, the teacher get on my nerve. Oh, he, he teach too different. I don't have time for that. I got other things more important to do than this course. Oh, I did what I could. Oh, he just got to take what I give him. But I'm standing in faith. See, she canceled out everything by her words. That's what she did. And faith doesn't work like that. Faith does not work that way. Saying I have faith but not exhibiting the act of faith doesn't mean that faith is present. Third example. I already shared with y'all about the or that comprehensive exam doctoral candidates have to pass in order to progress to the next phase in earning their doctorate degree. I also shared in a previous episode how doctoral candidates would talk about the seriousness of the test and how many parts were on the test and I also shared how people failed the test and if anybody passed all parts the first time they were seen as some type of wonder So all of that talk about the comprehensive exam and passing and studying and who passed and who didn't, all of that talk was floating around the department that I graduated in, that major. And I heard people saying stuff out loud like, yeah, I'm about to take the comprehensive exam. If you just heard anything, that's thunder. But people would say, I'm about to take the comprehensive exam. If I just pass a few sections or one section, then I'll be okay. 
And then I can focus on what I need to do to pass the other sections, okay? Did you just hear what I said? There were, if you didn't know, there were three parts. Was it three or four? It was, I'm just going to say four. It was four parts to the comprehensive exam. The doctoral candidate had to pass all four sections, and they had three times to do it. So if you passed all sections the first time, great. You don't have to worry about it anymore. But let's say a person passed two sections They had the first time. They had two more times to take the exam to pass the remaining sections. So the person had, the student or the candidate had three times to pass all four sections so they can move to the next level. If they didn't, they weren't working on a dissertation and they were not going to get a doctoral or doctorate degree. Okay? So all through the department with all the candidates and people talking about the comprehensive exam, you heard some people saying, if I just pass a few sections or one section at a time, I'll be okay. Then I can focus on what I need to do to pass the other sections. See, the goal is to pass all of them the first time. But people were saying, if I just pass one, I'll be okay. Then I can just focus on the rest. Okay? Then you heard people saying, all I have to do is just pass a section. So what I'm going to do, my game plan is, is to not study all of that material. I'm not going to study for the whole test. I'm just going to go on and just study one section. I'm going to do it one at a time, and hopefully I'll pass it, and then I'll end up passing the other ones. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad idea for somebody, but depending on how a person might look at it, it could be seen as they're already planning for failure. So they're accommodating their life for failure, where they're not even trying to work on the whole, they're just going to work on parts and not even sure if they'll pass the part. And if they don't pass that part, they do have to go back now and study the whole thing because they only have so many chances to pass and get out of that season or that stage, okay? So as I just mentioned, you had people say, I'm just going to study for a part. I'm not studying for the whole thing. I'm just going to study for a section. Hopefully I'll pass it, and then I'll pass the other ones. And I heard that so many times in the department with colleagues and classmates. I heard that all of the time. And the interesting thing is I never heard a professor or an instructor or an administrator give that advice to students. I never heard anybody who received their doctorate degree, tell someone, hey, just study in parts. I've never heard that. That talk only came from students. But I heard it so much. And then I heard the stories of people failing the test, and they were saying, I should have just focused on one or two sections at a time. I should have just broke it up. And I'm telling y'all, I heard that so many times. I heard it for two year straight every semester every fall semester I heard it from some students saying what they should have did they should have broke it up I heard it during the spring semesters I heard it during the summer semesters 
And what I started to do, I started to accept that talk, that reasoning as an option for me. I'm talking about I really start to think, you know what? You know, so many people fail in. What I need to do is study in parts and don't take the full test. Just take certain sections. Hopefully I pass those sections and then I can go back and pass the rest. I'm talking about I had a full conversation with Kenitra Bryant. Several conversations with her. And I, I had meetings with her. I called her. I was like, girl, this is what we need to do. I'm telling y'all, I was telling Kenitra Bryant that. And then I started saying that out loud, telling people, yeah, I think that's yeah, that, 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 that's that's a good that's a good idea. That's a good option. Yeah, because you know, I was talking to Kenitra, and you know, she was saying she was gonna do that too. So I think I'm gonna do it. I was actually doing that. So when it was time for me to start even thinking, okay, this is the semester that I need to get ready to pay for what I need to pay for to take this test and what I need to do to start studying. I started actually putting my little stuff together as if, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to focus on this section. Then I'm going to focus on that. That's what I'm going to do because I, I just want to pass, you know, just do what I need to do. This, this is the way I'm going to do it. I was actually thinking that, and I was actually considering that. I was actually considering that, y'all. I considered it. Now, it was my last two semesters before I had to start studying. And I remember I was enrolled in a course. My instructor laid out the syllabus that all students had to speak at a College of Education Research Week. And I was one of the presenters. And what happened within that presentation, my goodness, that's a story for a whole other episode, but let me stay on target. But yeah, I was one of the presenters, and after the conference, I was walking to my car. Now, something happened in the conference that I have to talk about another episode because it'll take away from the whole point, but something happened in there. And... <laughs> Yeah, some happened, and I'm walking to my car after the conference, and one of my classmates slash colleagues who presented at the conference with me, she had a different topic, but we were presenting, I think, right after each other. She saw me walking to my car, and she was trying to get my attention. And she approached me, she was like, girl, what happened in there? You know, I can't believe... Okay, we're talking about what happened. And I'm letting her know what happened. She was like, yeah, that's crazy. Da, 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 whatever. And then we finished talking about the incident that occurred. And then she starts to tell me how she just passed the comprehensive exam. So I was looking at her like she was a wonder. Like, oh my gosh, you passed the 
comprehensive exam? She was like, yeah, girl, I passed it the first time. I did all sections. And I said, oh, for real? So before I was even about to share with her what me and Kanitra was talking about, how, you know, you passed, but I was thinking about, you know, just focusing on a couple of sections and just doing it like that, taking it, you know, three times, but just focusing on sections so I can Before I even was able to tell her what me and Kanisha talked about, she says, yeah, girl, I passed the comps, passed the first time. When are you taking yours? So I responded with, oh, I plan on signing up in a couple of semesters. So it's going to be about, you know, six or some months before I register. And then it'll be some additional months before I actually take the test. And I asked her, so you just finished taking it, you know, what kind of tips do you have for me? And I was going to share with her what I planned on doing. So I asked her, so what tips do you have for me? And she said, girl, first of all, what you need to do is just go ahead and study for the test and pass it the first time. Because I don't know what these people are talking about, talking about they're going to go ahead and take the test in sections. That is crazy. That's crazy. I think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Taking a test in parts. Nobody have time for that. Nobody have time for that. No, I'm trying to get this degree and get out of here. So you mean to tell me you're going to sit here and take a test in sections and you're not even sure if you're going to pass it or not? And then you just messed up your other chances for that? No. You take that test the first time. That's what I did. I thought that was some stupid stuff these people was talking about. That is stupid. These people are planning to fail. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. That is crazy. Girl, talking about I'm going to come back and retake. Girl, when people start talking like that, I said, let me leave them alone because I'm believing for something else. I'm believing in faith that I'm going to pass it the first time because I've been over here studying. I've been passing these tests. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. I'm not doing that. Girl, because I was over there thinking, no, I'm going to pass this test the first time in the name of Jesus. I'm going to study. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to get my questions answered. I'm going to pass. I'm going to do my dissertation. And I'm graduating. I'm not waiting around for that. Nobody has time for that. I'm not trying to stay at this school. No, ma'am. So she's saying this. (laughs) Y'all know I was looking crazy, but I was trying to compose it. I was really trying to hold it in like, oh. So she's turned to me. And she says, girl, isn't that crazy what these people are talking about? Talking about they're going to pass it in parts? Isn't that crazy? And I responded with, yeah, yeah, it's it, it crazy. Yeah, girl. Surely. That girl, that. Talking about coming back, planning the fact, girl, you're right. That crazy. I, that's exactly what I was doing. And then she looked at me like, right, girl? Like, uh-uh. I said, I'm passing the first time. And then she tells me, yeah, and I know you're going to pass the first time because, girl, I know you're going to pass. You're going to pass all parts, girl. I know that's what you going to do. <laughs> I know you ain't worried about these people, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl, <laughs> Kenitra, you you going to pass. I know you're going to pass, girl, but... That, isn't that crazy? But, girl, I'm going to talk to you later. Congratulations in advance because I know what you going to do, girl. Y'all, after she said that to me, I couldn't get to my car fast enough. I was nearly skipping trying to get to my car. And I jumped in the car, 
and I started praying. I started asking God for forgiveness. I started letting the Lord know, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for everything I said about parts and parts and all of that. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. No, I am not. I am not going to do it in parts. I will not come back to take a test a second and third time. Lord, forgive me. And then I went to decreeing and declaring in the car. I started saying, in the name of Jesus, I decree that I, Kenitra, full name Bryant, I will pass the comprehensive exam the first time. I will not take the testing parts. I will not plan to fail. I believe by faith in the name of Jesus that I will pass the test. Lord, thank you for forgiving me for saying things that I know not. Forgive me, Lord, for I didn't know what I was saying. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Oh, my goodness. I finished praying, <laughs> and then I sat there replaying everything in my mind. Then I started thanking the Lord for the situation that happened in the conference that occurred. Because if that didn't even happen, I don't know if the classmate of mine would have caught up with me to get some more insight and information of what happened in the conference, which led to her correcting me. And she had no idea she was correcting me. She had no idea. You see how God works? God can do that. God can use somebody who doesn't know your situation to correct you. I probably do it to you, and I don't even know your situation. I don't probably know you personally, and I could be saying something on these podcasts, and you could be like, oh, goodness, Lord, let me go figure this out. Then sometimes when I listen to my own podcast. I get cut, and I say, you know, okay, I need I need to go change that. Because sometimes I'm saying stuff, I don't even know what I'm saying. Then I go back and listen. Okay, Lord, I'll I go. I'll get it together, Lord, forgive me. I had no idea. Didn't even know I said it. But that happens when I'm going down a path I shouldn't be going or doing something or thinking something or accepting something or allowing something that shouldn't be allowed. The Lord knows how to get my attention. And in that particular situation or occurrence, he used my classmate. Well, I'm talking about she damned the idea of taking parts in planning to fail. She she damned that. She cursed that. Yes, she did. And I took heed because I knew it was wrong. Because that that's not what God had for me, to be thinking like that. Picking up other people's fear and accepting it as my own and then trying to pattern my life according to what somebody else did or what their outcome was. And I don't even know if they studied for the comps the way that I studied. I don't know what they were doing. Going back to their first occurrence with, well, not the first one, the second one, when the girl in the class was saying, well, not girl, but the woman in the class was saying, I'm standing in faith. But then when somebody says, oh, did you do your work? Oh, I ain't do that. But I'm standing in faith, though. See, the standing in faith sounds good. But although a person is standing in faith, what are you doing? Are you canceling out what you're standing in faith for with your words? And then when things don't go or the outcome is not the favorable outcome that you want, 
Are you hollering? Not you, but is that person hollering? Oh, I can't stand this. I did everything. I stood in faith. I did my work. I just don't know. Why did I fail? Because you really didn't do your work. That's why. Now, jumping back to when my classmate, my colleague, corrected me, and she had no idea. I went to the car. I repented. If you hear anything in the background, it's thunder. But I went to the car. I repented. And when I say repented, boy... I not only repented with my words, I repented in my actions. I turned totally away from the idea of passing in parts. Where I organized my whole study situation, where I had about four to five binders, carrying these binders and luggage to the library on a daily basis, because I had the idea to study it all. Because I was going to pass it all. When I went to go speak with instructors and get some type of clarity on things I did not understand regarding what I was studying, I brought it all to them. I didn't say, I'm just going to study this in a part. No, I wasn't playing. It came out in my actions. It came out. And I thank the Lord for correcting me. I thank the Lord for correcting me, for even entertaining the thought that I was going to do something with a mindset rooted in fear. Because that's what it was. It was fear. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But this woman's faith was so strong, and she was doing what she needed to do. And she was correcting me because her faith was so strong. She wasn't playing. She, she was talking success. She was talking Victory. That's what she was on. She was really standing, walking, studying, believing. She was proclaiming, declaring, decreeing in faith. And she passed. So that jumped on me. It jumped on me so strong where I went to the court. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Because that was wrong. And that's not even me. Anybody who knows me personally knows, no, that ain't you. And the woman even knew it wasn't me. That's why she was saying what she said. Girl, I know you going to pass. Because we had several classes. We took several classes together. So I made sure to keep that to myself. I'm sharing it now. But she sure corrected me, boy. So that woman, she passed those comprehensive exams the first time. And a year later, I did the same thing. And when that lady graduated, she was gone. <laughs> she was gone. She wasn't worried about nobody. She was done. And I feel her on that because when I passed, I was gone too. Well, I, that's my personality anyway. But you see how those occurrences differ? You see how those occurrences, those three examples I provided, two of them are the same, but one of them was different. Two of them, people had faith. They were individuals had faith. But they followed the syllabus to receive some dynamic results. And then one person was saying that they had faith, but they were not doing what the syllabus required. It's our aim to walk in faith whether we see what we believe as we journey through life's course. It's not only in the academic setting, it's in life's course. 
if we're believing for something, we want something to happen, we want a different result, a different outcome, yeah, we can say we're walking by faith, but if we're not doing what God outlined in the syllabus for us to do to get those things, even though we don't know how things are going to happen, we still have a blueprint, a course guide to follow. If we're not doing that, but we're saying, I'm walking by faith. We're really not walking by faith because we're not doing what we need to do to receive what we need to receive. God has already provided us with the syllabus. But walking in faith is vital to progressing to the next level and phase of life. A person can holler, scream, roll on the ground. We can do jumping jacks until we're sweating. We can be screaming and hollering with tears coming out of our eyes. A person can do that for several hours, several minutes. And they could be telling people, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith it's going to work out. I have faith in my life's course. Just because they're doing all that stuff, breaking a sweat, doing a workout, doesn't mean they have faith. They're just yelling. If a person has faith, they do what God commanded them to do, believing that when they do what God said to do, they will receive what God told them to do, what was outlined in that syllabus. God's syllabus defines faith in Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the first verse. And here it is. Now, faith is the assurance title deed confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That is the amplified version I just shared with you. That is Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the first verse. Amplified. Now, as we go through life's course, our aim is to exercise 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, in the seventh verse. And it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. God already laid out the pathway for our success, our promotion, and advancement. But in order to receive what God has blessed us with, we must have faith in God's word, although we don't see how things are working together. God has us on this course of life. And yes, there are twists, turns, tunnels, trails, trials that we need to travel. But God is with us. And God already provided the syllabus for our life's course. Our aim is to follow the syllabus and have faith in God's word. God already knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning as it relates to you, as it relates to me, as it relates to us. But God won't make us trust him. He won't make us believe him. God won't make us have faith in him. It's up to us to believe that everything God said to us is true and to do what he requires us to do. God is all powerful. God is sovereign. God is love, God is supreme, and if our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Loving Father, provides us with the syllabus, which serves as a guide 
on our end, because we don't know what to do, we should trust that he will physically guide us in our life's course. In an academic classroom, jumping back to that, we can't expect to pass the course and not do anything as I've mentioned. You can't, you can go to a class all you want, but if a person thinks they're going to pass a class and not do a thing, that's crazy. And as I've mentioned several times, we can't expect God to do our work for us either. We can't expect God to have faith for us. No, the faith is for us, believing that what God said is true. Believing that God's syllabus is for our benefit. Believing that he gave us a guide to follow. All we have to do is read it and do it. Adhere to it and stick to it. So we can receive what's outlined in that syllabus. Even when you don't understand. Aim to walk in faith. God knows where he is leading you. Okay? Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter in the 32nd through the 33rd verse reads, So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Whether you know it or not, if we don't have faith in God, we are not pleasing him. Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the 6th verse states, But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. See, a serious business. And I understand there are times when one is going through a course in their personal life where they feel like, oh my goodness, will I pass this? Am I going to get through this? This is so intimidating. It's so hard. I don't know what to expect. I'm not sure. This is my first time going down this path. This is uncharted territory. Oh my goodness. But even in those occurrences and situations and challenges and valleys and trials. That's the time to trust God as you follow the syllabus, his word, praying to him. Listen to those God honoring people God placed in your life. Have faith in his word. Have faith in his syllabus. Have faith in his promises for you so you can go possess the land he's laid out for you. Have faith in what he says. Because God will do what he said he will do. He is not a liar. Have faith that God hears you. Have faith. And keep progressing in your life's course. Whatever you're going through, have faith in God. Have faith in God's word and his promises as you stick to the syllabus. No matter what other words you hear that go contrary to God's word, have faith in what God said. Believe it. Act on it. And keep sticking to his word. Keep sticking to the syllabus. And outside of the academic setting, there have been several things I've had to have faith for as I've walked down paths that many people around me never traveled. But I had to know 
I will continue walking in faith because every day is a day of faith if you think about it. Nobody knows how their day is going to turn out. Nobody knows what will happen. And no matter what one encounters, it's of extreme importance to have faith in God's word in every situation. And going back to that example with me in the comprehensive exam, when my colleague, my classmate told me, girl, that is trash. They're planning to fail. And then she told me, girl, go ahead and study. I know you'll pass. See, when she said that, I made the decision that I would walk in faith. And I was not going to walk in the fear of other people because I don't know what those other people were doing. I don't know what those other people were doing. So I made the decision, okay, uh, let me go ahead and walk in faith. And I'm believing that if God opened this door for me, and allowed me to go through this academic door to earn this degree and the other degrees before this one, God will bring this to completion. Because truth be told, I wasn't trying to go get a doctorate degree. I was not. I was not trying to even get a master's degree. The way those degrees came about, no. The only degree that I was focused on was an undergraduate degree. That's... The only thing I was thinking about. The way the master's degree happened, I fought that. And I remember I was in a master's class when I was working on my master's. I was in class. And one of my classmates looked at me and she said, Kenichi, you're going to get a doctorate. And I'm telling y'all, I cursed that girl out. I was like, why would, why would you wish that on me? Don't, don't, no, shut up. Don't, don't tell me that. And I didn't think anything of it after I, you know, cursed her. And she was laughing, but she was like, girl, you about to get that. I was like, no, all right, shut up. No, no, I'll be wishing this school stuff in my life. I'm through. And it took me a while to go back to school, but, um, I wasn't worried about no doctorate degree. One day I might share the whole story of how everything happened, but I'm telling you, I, I wasn't worried about that. But then when I started thinking, okay, Lord, I've gone through so many things just using the academic example, because I've gone through a whole bunch of stuff, but just using the academic example of how God brought me through just getting these levels of education completed, especially when I went through what I went through undergrad with a professor that I've mentioned already several times. That was training ground for me, and I didn't know it. That was training ground. It worked together for my good. Although I went through about it was about two or three years with a trial, a challenge that was it was rough and I'm not a victim, but I went through that. I didn't know everything that I went through. When I went through things in the master's degree, or when I was working on the master's and what I was going through in the doctorate degree. And if you listen to my series, Got Me in the Dissertation. I shared some things, not all things, but the stuff I was going through with 
professors and classmates, and I'm talking about some vile stuff, even at work, some stuff I was going through. See, what I went through and some of my personal experiences, and then that particular undergrad season where I was going through the valley, that was training ground. And people didn't understand, how in the heck is she getting through this? Well, first of all, God is with me. God is protecting me. An angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. So <laughs> the Lord is going to come through for me at all times. I have faith for that. I believe that, and I know that to be true. That's how God is covering me. And on top of that, God has provided me with the experience and the insight. So whatever these people think they're doing, they're not doing. I've already seen it before. They think they're doing something new, but I've already seen it. So I was already ready. But they didn't know because of what I went through in undergrad. It was getting me ready in my professional career and on those graduate-level degrees. See, God works things together for your good. You think, oh, my gosh, why am I going through this? It's for a purpose. Whether it be for you or for somebody in your life, you need to coach and train to help them get through. And it serves as a benefit for you because you served as a blessing and you sowed a blessing into them. So God indeed works all things together for your good. But I had to have faith. That's why I'm just using this isolated incident with that classmate of mine telling me, girl, you planning? She didn't tell me this, but this is what I heard. You planning for failure, girl? You crazy. That's what I heard, even though she didn't tell me that. But that's what I heard. And she was telling me that because it was crazy. But I had to walk in faith. And do what I needed to do. Because if God brought me through these academic doors before, he can bring me through a test. He can bring me through a test. And he'll bring it to completion. And that's exactly what he did. And I had to walk in the revelation that I received in faith, although I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I didn't even know how to put things together. But in faith, I didn't even know how to study for the test. But in faith, God guided me in that phase, and he's guided me in every phase of life. And if you look back on your life, look back on your life and every trial, everything you're going through right now, God is guiding you if you've given him the permission to guide you. If you've given God permission to guide you and you stick to his syllabus, God is guiding you through that. He's doing that, whether you know it or not, whether you can see it or not. You're walking by faith. Oh, Lord, I understand what's going on, but let me go ahead and do what you said to do. I don't know how this is working together for my good. Lord, how is this going to play out? Oh, my gosh, Lord, what is this? But I trust you, Lord. Keep doing that. And if you already can think about some things you've already gone through and how you got out of it, who guided you through that? That wasn't you because you didn't know how to get through that. You've persevered through some things, but the aim is to focus your attention, your heart, your mind, and your thoughts on God, giving God the reverence and the acknowledgement that he's all-powerful. He's so powerful that he provided your guide for what you were going to go through before he even created you. It was already established for you. God is all-powerful. And our faith should rest with him and in him. 
One thing I encourage you not to do is compare yourself to other people. There might be people around you saying they have faith in God for something. They're going through their life's course and everything looks great. And those people could be hooping and hollering about how they have faith in God. And they always yell and scream. They say they get these electrifying chills every time they think about what they're standing in faith for. Don't compare yourself to them if you don't feel that. Don't feel like, oh, I'm not walking in faith if I don't, you know, have hair standing on the top of my head and looking like a troll. I don't have faith if, you know, I'm not walking around shaking every time I walk like I got electrocuted. I don't have faith if I'm not hooping and hollering and crying all the time. No. Having faith is trusting what God said is true and living like God is going to do what he said to do because you did what you were supposed to do. Don't look at what people are doing. Don't do that. What does Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the first verse say? Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced, by the physical senses. So your faith is between you and God. God knows if you have faith or not. You don't have to convince people that you have faith in God. You don't have to do that. You don't have to get up and shake. And say, ooh, I got faith. You don't have to do that. You don't even have to convince anybody that you have faith in God's word. But people will be able to see if you have faith in God. By what you say. By what you do, how you treat people, and how you live. Deep down, they'll know if you have faith in God or not. They will know because it's a knowing. Faith is a knowing that God will take care of whatever it is you're going through. Matter of fact, it's knowing that God already took care of whatever it is you're facing. People will see if you have faith or not. You don't have to go around telling people that. You can share it if you want to, but even if you share it and people say, oh, you got faith for that? You believe in for that? Your faith and trust in God has to be so strong where it cancels out their doubt, where they're trying to doubt what you're having faith for. You, you, you knock that trash out the box just like that woman did with me. Now, I didn't even get to say what I was trying to say, but she knocked it out either way. She knocked the doubt out of my thoughts. She knocked it out. I'm talking about just knocked it out. When we walk in faith, stand in faith, and exercise our faith in God's word the right way, not just in word, but in deed, that pleases God and God knows how to reward each of us. James, the second chapter and the 17th verse states, So too, faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead, inoperative, and ineffective. That is James, the second chapter and the 17th verse in the Amplified Version. You see how faith is exercising the very thing you believe God for? A person's believing God said he would do what he said he would do, even though he doesn't see it. But he's doing what he's supposed to do in God's syllabus. So in a sense, 
James, the second chapter in the 17th verse, serves as a cross-reference and confirmation of Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the first verse. That says, now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And as you go through life's course with God's syllabus, God's word in your heart, mind, mouth, and actions, the aim is to exercise faith. Exercise faith that whatever God said, he will do. Whatever God promised you will come into fruition if you believe him and trust him. Faith is just not saying something as a wish, hoping that, okay, if I don't do what God said to do and I just say, oh, I got faith for it, it's just going to magically appear. No, it doesn't work like that. Oh, I just, oh, I have faith it's going to happen for me. But they're doing everything contrary to what God's word says to do. It doesn't work like that. Let's go back to that example with my classmate when I was working on what the doctor degree and she was in class and she says oh I, I'm standing in faith oh, did you do your test oh, I'm standing in faith I passed but I I can't stand I, I ain't study <laughs> I got stuff to do uh, okay you're gonna be standing for a long time because that's not faith you standing in that's that's not faith can't use words, or one shouldn't use words as if, let me just say this, you know, thing I heard at church, you know, and I seen people shaking and, you know, hair was all over their head, looked like something electrifying was happening, so let me just say that. Like, oh, I, I got faith. You're still not going to receive it, because, not you, but that person didn't do what God said to do. That's why I like using the academic classroom setting. It's so clear cut. A person can say they have faith that they're going to pass a class, but if they don't do the assignments, they're not going to pass. It's not happening. Same thing with God's word, God's syllabus. Oh, I have faith for that. What did you do what God said to do? Because if you didn't do what God said to do, you're not getting that. It ain't happening. It ain't. It's not happening. Faith is not a wish. And I have a definition for wish. Right here. And I like this definition because whoever crafted this definition, you can tell they went through something. They went through something serious. So here's their definition. Wish. Verb. Feel or express a strong desire or hope for something that is not easily attainable. Want something that cannot or probably will not happen. See? (laughs) Whoever did that definition of wish. They said, it didn't work out for me. But you know the definition of faith? Hebrews 11th chapter in the first verse says, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. See, faith is sure. Wishing is not. And the scripture I would like to leave you with are the two that I went over. James, the second chapter in the 17th verse, and Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the first verse. I encourage you to read them both 
in your Bible. Say them out loud out of your mouth to God. Okay? And I also want to leave you with 1 Corinthians, the second chapter in the 14th verse. And this is what it states. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd, and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. That's a excellent verse as it relates to faith also. Because in order for a person to have faith, they have to go against what the natural man wants them to accept. They have to believe, you know what, God said this for me. I'm going in this direction. I don't care about what y'all are talking about. I have faith that God's promises are true for my life. I have faith in that. I have faith. And just using that example that I gave about my classmate correcting me about people planning to fail, that's crazy, all of that. See, I received a revelation as she was speaking. And I knew, oh, you know what that, yeah, fail, planning. <laughs> that's not God's best for me. That's fear. That's not faith. God brought me through all of these levels and stages of life, and I'm over here approaching my promised land in defeat. I'm over here approaching what I'm supposed to receive in defeat because other people are telling me, I'm small. We small in our own eyes. We were like grasshoppers. <laughs> we, we, we failed. I mean, it's a good thing to have, but uh, it's not good to go in thinking you can possess that degree, possess that land. Oh, I received a revelation that day. That's why I ran to the car or tried to run. Because I was like, oh my goodness, I had to get that together quickly. So I encourage you to read Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the first verse on your own. There's scripture, James, the second chapter, in the 17th verse on your own. And 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, in the 14th verse on your own. And ponder on the things that God wants you to believe Him for. Ponder on that. Ask for forgiveness and start living your life in faith. All right? Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrabryant.com. Remain encouraged. Enjoy your day. Stick to the syllabus. Exercise your faith in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All right? Peace and God bless.